Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Welcome back to the Spiraling Higher podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gina, and I am here with your other host, Sam. And today's episode is all things money, money trauma, money stories, breaking cycles around money, how How to get more money, yeah, how to manifest Mm -hmm. more money, just basically our stories, but also everything else that we've learned. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. We actually, uh, we just went off on this one. I don't even... We were together in the room and we just kept, I remember like hitting each other's thighs, like after eating, <laughs> everything that we had to share, we were like, oh yeah. And then, um, and this is going to be such an incredible conversation for you. If, if you feel blocked around money specifically, if you feel anxious about money, yeah. if, you, if you feel anxious about spending money, managing money, getting money, if money is just a touchy subject for you in general, and you don't want to look at it, talk about it. This conversation is for you because we really go into why that is, how to neutralize money and really see it as a tool so that you can conquer your money and really heal and rewrite your money story. Yeah. We also talked a lot about abundance in general and how you can attract more abundance by ultimately divorcing from only attaching to money. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people close themselves off to receiving other forms of abundance because we're only looking for it in one form. So we talk a lot about that too. Yeah, well, it's funny how many people actually do experience and receive forms of abundance, but don't, but almost like write it off because it's not Completely. money, right? Yeah. Because I think that when I come back to abundance being my relationships, abundance being um, all the gifts that I have re- ever received, not necessarily physical, but like even the gift of just appreciation from someone that I mm. love or um, really like my health. Like I wake up every day and I'm just like, yes. this is abundance. I'm waking up and I feel literally fine. Um, I had an experience, I think you remember, it must have been like three or four years ago where I had an ocular migraine. Mm. I know you have really bad migraines in general, but mine was this one that actually started to impair my vision. It was insane. I remember walking outside and like not being able to see and thinking, is this the rest of my life? Like, is this going to be my life? Like I can't see. And I have this incredible, like, like incredibly pounding headache. And um, it stayed, it stuck around for like four hours. And then it's not like I remember this every day, but like at times I do remember like, oh my God, I'm not having an ocular migraine right now. And like that (laughs) feels like such an abundant feeling like because that was literally so crippling. And so even just being able to right now, we talk about this in the episode, but just being able to listen to this podcast, you know, completely for free and whatever form you are doing so, whether it's like you're just walking around, you're driving the car, you know, this is also an abundant moment. And so, yeah, we talk a lot about how to view true abundance um, and not tie it to just financial. Although, of course, that is one of the forms we talk about. But by the end of this episode, you will have such a strong idea of what money really is, how to energetically align with money so that you can attract more from a more peaceful, whole, and non-attached place. Mm, And I think it's also going to invite you to really 
take inventory on your relationship with money Mm -hmm. and really just to dig deeper about why those stories are there. And so we're really excited for you all to unpack it. It's one of the hottest topics between Sam and I on a personal Mm -hmm. level, right? We talk about it at length. And um, to your point about um, not you know, you appreciate your health so much more now because of that that migraine. Um, we also talk about how contrast is also abundance because it's only through the contrast that you can appreciate something like that. So we, mm-hmm. we talk about that as well. Yeah. So if you're someone right now who doesn't really have a lot of money, this is still a great conversation for you because that experience, I think, is really leading you to your expansion. And so um, Gina and I both had to go through seasons where we didn't have any money. And I think, honestly, when you don't have money is when you learn the most about money. Oh, 100%. That's why we lose it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I really think that you have to, it's it's almost like in relationships, right? It's kind of like, yes. oh, you got you to gotta lose them to know what you had. It's the same with money. It's like, if you're at a place right now where you don't have any, this is a great opportunity to start learning about it, right? Things have already gotten bad, right? Yeah. Quote, well, even if you have a lot, this is still also a good, good podcast because oh, yeah. we talked about that too, that even when you have everything, quote unquote, sometimes that's when you're the most unhappy. So oh, really yeah. unpacking and unraveling that as well, because we've both had seasons when we had, quote unquote, everything and we felt the worst we've ever felt. Yeah, it was. Those were some really um, revealing times. And um, there's actually a business coach I follow on Instagram. Her name is Simone. And I love her for her transparency. But she talks about... Oh, I think I follow her too. She's so awesome. She's a Korean girl as well. But um, she talks about her um, her business yearly revenue often, I think maybe once or twice a year, to be transparent about like, this is how much the, bunny, the, the business brings in. And these mm-hmm. are the expenses so that you kind of know what to expect and what it takes to get here. And one of the things I love that she says is even though my business made $5 million, I'm literally, I still worry about money sometimes. Like this is not related to the amount of money in your bank account. And I think that's where so many people get mixed up. They think, oh, when I have money, I won't worry anymore. No, the, the worry that you have is coming from an old wound that is, that needs to be addressed. And so money is really just your relationship to it is just the mirror that's kind of Mm. revealing that to you. But even if you change the amount there, you still worry about it. I mean, I know, I know millionaires who worry about money. So it's it's not the amount. It really is the energetic relationship you have to it. And so definitely by listening to this episode, you will understand what I mean. And we hope it starts the healing journey. If you haven't started yet, or if you're on it already, we hope that it continues to help you heal your money story because it is just like everything else, an upward spiral. It really is. It really is. So we hope that you spiral higher with your money. And at the end of this episode, if you like it, let us know what you think. Hey guys, it's Sam. And I'm quickly interrupting this amazing episode to give some love to our partner Organifi, who has created the most magical, delicious formula that has been helping me on my hormone rebalancing journey. I was actually recently diagnosed with PMDD and it's brought me so much clarity around the absolutely insane PMS symptoms I experience for almost two weeks every single month. If you are not familiar, then consider yourself lucky. But if you are a menstruating woman like me, you likely still experience anxiety, mood swings, bloating, and irritation for several days each month. And so because of my diagnosis, I've been building up my toolbox to reduce my discomfort and make that time of the month a little bit more comfortable. And in that toolbox is my new all-time favorite beverage using Organifi's Harmony Formula, which was specifically designed to support women's health with herbs and adaptogens like maca, chas tree berry, stinging nettle, turmeric, and ginger. I make it with my favorite oat milk and it tastes like the best hot chocolate of my life and it satisfies my deepest cravings 
minus all the sugar with a super smooth finish. So you can try this formula or any of their amazing selections, such as their green juice at OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com for 20% off using the code SAM, S-A-M. Whether you're looking to balance your hormones like me or looking for more energy or antioxidants, Organifi has an option for you. So head on over to OrganifiShop.com. And once again, you can use the code SAM for 20% off. All right. So today's episode is all about money. Money, 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 money. (laughs) Money. (laughs) What comes up for you when you think about money? Because money is just... Money is just such a touchy subject. It's like we're kind of not allowed to talk about it. There's a lot of shame. Um, And even if you think about in elementary school and then high school, they don't even teach about money, which I think is We don't learn anything anything. about money. And it's crazy. I remember being a kid and like asking... (laughs) I would literally ask adults, like, how much money do you make? No. And my mom was like, you can't ask that question. And I'm like, but why? why? Not? Because b- before, when you're a kid, you don't associate money with worthiness. You're, It's just a metric. You're it's like, just like, what house do you live in? What yeah. car do you have? What kind of backpack do you own? There, It's just a curiosity. It's so funny. I, I took Emily to open her own bank account. Oh, my God. And um, she has her little debit card. And it's so funny because you have to come up with your own password for it. And she came up with, like, a really cute one, which I'm not going to share publicly. <laughs> <laughs> I literally but, thought you were going to share it. <laughs> I'll tell you after. But it's so funny because she was telling the, the woman who was signing us up, oh, this is how much much money I'm putting in there. And then mm. she literally said, so how much do you have in your bank account? And I, and then we both started laughing and M was just like, I don't understand why that's a weird question. She yeah. knows how much I have. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so how come I don't know how much you have? And then she asked me, mom, how much do you make? And you know, how much money do you get every month? And it does, it's weird. I mean, she's my daughter, but it is a jarring question because right. what does that even mean for her? Like even that, if I were to tell her a million dollars or $10, honestly to her, she doesn't even really have any concept of what's a lot or not, which is interesting, but because you always talk about how Oh my God. Yeah. Well, money's not not real, real. right? It's a construct that we have to learn how to use and we have to give it value as a collective. And so as a child, you're like, $100, what's that? Yeah. Or if you say a million dollars, that's like the same. They don't, they have no sort of way of understanding lesser or more values of money. It's all just a number to them, which is really, which is really what money is. Money is just a neutral tool. Um, And I think it starts so early. Like Emily's asking, right, this person like, oh, how much money do you have? We're all like laughing and snickering and giving this energy of like, don't ask that. Yeah. So from a very young age, you're already being conditioned to think, oh, this is like a taboo topic. Don't talk about it. Yeah. Don't talk about it. And because we're not supposed to talk about it, we don't learn about it. We don't get curious about it. And there's like, I feel like for me and for you especially, there was such an air of like, oh, I'm stupid for like not knowing anything about it. But yeah. you're not. Yeah. Like literally, how would you learn how about you money? Know? Because they don't teach it in elementary school unless your parents were very, um, if they had like a lot of financial acumen and were teaching you from a young age, like this is how you save and like this is how you grow money. I think most people just understand, oh, I have to work like a fuck ton of hours in order to make a lot of money. Yeah. And how much you have dictates like how you're treated, right? Mm -hmm. Like like, think about it. Like when you're walking on the street and you see a homeless person, you know, you might have some, you know, awareness that they could have had a mental illness or, you know, whatever life events could have occurred. But there's a natural assumption because of the way we've been raised, like, oh, they don't have money. And like, that's bad. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like this over it's 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 insane that we are 
allow to treat people poorly because they don't have money. Yeah. It's like this, it's like, oh, you deserve disrespect if you don't have money. And that's really messed up. So I think both of us had to get to a point where we had no money and had to build up their self-respect for ourselves Mm. in order to get to a place where we did have money. Because if you can't have money, or sorry, if you can't have respect when you have no money, how are you going to have respect when you do have money? Because then all of your respect is going to be dependent on how much money you have, which by the way, is a fluctuating number. 100%. And I actually saw this quote. I don't know what account it was on, but it basically said, if you don't know how to manage $1,000, you're not going to know how to manage a million. You don't. Which is so true. And I think that's why, like you said, we did have to go through a season of not having any. And you know what? I feel like a lot of people probably go through a similar thing and maybe don't necessarily get the lesson out of it. But I think for us, we got kind of slapped over the head with it multiple times where I really just got curious about I mean, first it started with me wanting to learn how to manifest more money. Right. Right. From a place of lack. From a place of lack. Like, okay, like I'm going to use the law of attraction to manifest all this money. But that's that journey is what birthed this realization of the lack of love that I have for myself. Right. It, it all boils down to wanting love or why do you even want money? I mean, it, even in my own business, I used to be very like, I need to double every year. I need to double every year. And then why? when I started questioning why. Why do I have to double every year? And so I think everyone's money story and their relationship to it and, you know, what they make it mean about them is really going to be a self-reflection journey for you. And I think for me, it really did mean basically how good I was, how worthy I was. Um, You know, I really used it as a way to feel like I had accomplished something, I think because I'm someone who went against what my parents really wanted. It was my way of proving that, okay, well, I didn't do what you wanted me to do, so but true. look at how much money I'm making. So I made right. the right decision. You're like, look at me. I made the money, so I wasn't wrong. Yes, right. exactly. You use it as a way to prove something. Um, and so, yeah, and it's interesting now that we have the awareness that we do around money to witness my parents and how they were growing yes. up. And even when you hear the parents' conversation now around Christmas, like money doesn't grow on trees or I don't know, just even just witnessing the conversations that go on. It's interesting to look at it through this lens because my parents definitely had a scarcity mindset big Mm -hmm. time. Um, and even now, Oh, my mom definitely does. And she has money. So it's, yeah. it's like the, the mindset that you have re- with relation to money or with respect to money actually is irrespective of how much money you have. True. Because I know people who make millions of dollars and still feel like, oh my God, I need more money. Yeah. And like, that's not a money problem. That's a, that's a scarcity and security problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that until you can get to a point where you genuinely view money as neutral. Yeah. In its original form, money is neutral. The way that your daughter sees money, right, is how money is, right? Yeah. It's only when you get conditioned to like place value upon it, make it mean something about you and your worth that you start getting in a sticky relationship and codependent with money. But until you can see money as neutral, you will always project something onto it, which is going to prevent you from having a, a flowing relationship with it. So for example, like, If I project that money gives me my sense of self-worth, then no matter how much money I have, I'm always going to be fixated on getting more of it because that's what's determining my worth. And every time I pay for like my mortgage or like rent or whatever, groceries, every time I see it go down, I'm going to feel this anxiety. And I think a lot of people operate in that way where they have money. This is actually what happened to me this year. I had money, but every time I would go to pay for something, I kind of feel this like like twinge of like, mm, like it's going away. Right. And it's because like, oh, I feel safer when I have more, but why? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I making that mean? 
Conversely, if you're in a place where you don't have any money and you want to learn more about money, but you have a judgment against yourself for not having it, like you feel stupid or like you haven't figured this out yet, that's also going to get in the way of you learning more about it. And so Mm -hmm. you have to get to a place where you view money as neutral. It doesn't mean anything about you. A richer person does not have more self-worth than you. And frankly, a poorer person does not have less self-worth than you. And so Mm. until you can really view it as a neutral tool that you can educate yourself around using as as a tool, right? You're going to get, your projections are going to get in the way. Mm. I, I, lo- I love what you just said there. And I think that that a sentiment that you have about when you spend the money and you're like, oh, you feel this constriction. You feel this like, oh, I want to keep that. Um, I heard this quote and they were talking about holding on to money is like taking a sip of water and keeping it in your mouth. Yeah, or holding your breath. Yes. And and not, you're like, I want to savor the water. But the water can't even do its job if you're not going to swallow it. <laughs> yeah, and also water is like abundant. Like we have enough yes. water. Like you don't actually lose water when you drink water. Yes. There's just, there's more water. It's the same thing with inhaling. It's like, <gasps> It's like, this is all the air that I'm going to have. It's totally. like, no, like you just breathe out and then you breathe back in. And I think that one of the things that you and I have really rooted into this year is money is circulatory. It's there's like an ebb and flow. There's an ebb and a flow. It's like money is constantly moving. It's not like I have this amount and I keep this amount in order to feel safe because like you're always going to be behind the eight ball unless you're like consistently growing your wealth, which you, which you could, right? But then you're still feeling scarce regardless of how much wealth you're building. Yeah. You have to be able to develop this sense of safety in watching money flow in and out. Understand that money doesn't go anywhere. I think when we think of money and we say, oh, I spent a hundred bucks, we hear that and we think, a hundred bucks I is now lost. gone. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's gone now. And we even say things like a waste of money. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, oh, it's gone. And now I'm going to have to work or suffer in order to get it back. So there's like this feeling and sense of, I need to keep as much as I have mm-hmm. because spending it equals suffering because of how, what I need to do in order to get the same amount or more back into my account. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I really see every time I spend as like, like a boomerang. It's kind of like, okay, like this money's going out, but it's not going anywhere. It's going to circulate into, you know, the business account of whatever service I'm buying, which is then going to go to its employees, which then eventually its employees are going to pay for groceries. And then those people are going to pay for something else. And then eventually someone's going to buy my program or like, you know, it's like, it just moves around. And so when I see myself spending, I just think, okay, there's more where that came from that's coming back rather than thinking, oh my God, like it's all gone. I always just also like to think what you're getting in exchange for it, though. Yes. Right? So when you're doing the tapping of your card or you're putting in your pin, instead of thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm losing $75, it's like, cool, I'm exchanging this for all of these groceries or this Mm -hmm. experience. And so that really helped me, too. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. And I think also what helped me, number one, was obviously thinking about money as a neutral, neutral thing, but also thinking of money as energy, right? And when we think about money as energy, I've really had to personify money first and think about what is my relationship to the money. And I did things like writing letters to my money. I had to forgive myself around money, but I was realizing that my relationship with money, number one, was very codependent. And it was also 
very stressful. I think when yeah. I think about money as energy, I was trying to chokehold it and I was getting mad at it. I was talking shit about it. And when I really personified money, I could see, yeah, no wonder money doesn't want to come to me right now. Yeah. I'm not creating an environment for money to want to come. And for me, it was very much because of my scarcity mindset. That was a really hard thing. And I think the more money I made, the, almost the more scarce yes. I got because yes. then you have to keep it. But even thinking about the scarcity mindset, again, underneath that was for me a self-worth issue, right? So I think for anyone's money story, you have to kind of go through all those layers and keep asking the why question and really try to get more to the root of it. Because I think once I understood it was a self-worth thing, Mm-hmm. None of the manifestation books or like the courses that I took were really going to help until I really healed the root of what I believed I was worthy of. And so that's where it started for me. But what was yours? I feel like, I mean, we had somewhat similar stories. Uh, so, sort of. So what's interesting is that for me, money was something that I had the privilege of just ignoring. Like I knew that I was generating enough income so that I didn't have to look at it. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, like I'm, you know, when I was in real estate, I was like, okay, I'm closing a deal this month. So I know that I can afford my, um, my housing and my groceries and whatever I need. But I had this very avoidant relationship with money. And like, think about like an avoidant relationship with a person, right? Like there is this sense that they're not getting taken care of, that you're ignoring them. And frankly, if you do that enough, they'll just go away. (laughs) So I had this relationship with money where I safely knew on some level that I was going to have enough, but I just always felt anxiety about looking at my expenses. Mm -hmm. Or I remember, oh my gosh, this was a really telltale sign. Every time tax season would come around, I'm like having a panic attack. I know. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, can (laughs) can I afford the tax? I don't know because I haven't been looking at it. Yeah. And so very recently, like not even a month ago, um, I I messaged this to my business coach. I was saying like, I'm just, it's really weird. I have like a new thing coming up where I'm going to pay for things like a freaking cup of coffee and I'm like freaking out about it. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I know I can afford it, but it's like, it's like, I don't feel safe. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's just because I don't know how much money I have. And she was like, well, why don't you know how much money you have? And I was like, I don't know. And then you realize I'm not the only one. There are people right now. I think I think nine out of 10 people who are listening to this have no idea how much money they have. I mean, they might know how much money is in their bank account, but I don't think that they necessarily know where it's going or how they're spending it or right. where, where there's leaks. Or, well, that was my yeah, thing was yeah. every month I'd just pay off my credit card and be like, what, what did, I, did I buy? Yeah. Yeah. And like sometimes like the amount would be pretty high and I'd be like, not going to look into that. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore it. And so anyways, I was talking with my business coach and she was like, you, do you know what your expenses are like each month? Like for your personal life, your, your business? And I was like, um, no. And she was like, you need to know that. Yeah. Like not, not to, from a business perspective, but just to run your life. That's root chakra shit. Like you need to create safety and security and clarity with regards to like how much you're spending, how much is coming in so that your body and brain know like, okay, like paying six bucks for a coffee, like we're safe, like we have enough, but you don't have any clarity around that. Now the question is why not? Yeah. Like you just, you know that you just put the numbers in an Excel sheet and press like the sum button, right? Like it adds it up all for you. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And, um, I just ignored it for another month and I just, and I get, I had all this anxiety and then I was like, what is this? Like, what is this? Like, why can't I just add up what the expenses are? But it was like, I was too scared to like 
find out that I had like made a mistake or something. And so what I uncovered in this deep meditation, I actually did a meditation where I got curious about talking to this feeling. I'm like, okay, like what, why are we not looking at the bank account? You know, what, what's going on here? I just got really curious. And then I saw this memory. And so I'm not exactly sure how I got to this point of consciousness, but it was, I was pretty deep in the meditation and I was in this, um, I was in my kitchen and I was 10 years old and I could, I could see and feel how scared I was. I was like, what's going on here? And I realized I was, um, in the middle of doing math homework. (laughs) This is good. Okay. I'm sure we all have this memory. I'm doing math homework and my mom is furious with me. She's like, why, why aren't you getting that? Like, you just answered this one, which that's totally what every parent says. I, I know when their it's kid like, is you, learning something. You just got this one. And I, all I know is that I went into like a freeze response in that moment. Like, cause, and then your, your brain is offline. You can't think. My mom's like, why aren't you doing the problem? And like, I, I, I literally am just frozen. My mom like throws the pen, like, you know, swipes the math book off the table and like leaves the kitchen. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm realizing in this moment, as I'm recalling this memory, oh my God, I was traumatized by math. Yeah. Like in that moment, you can, you know, because trauma is not what happens to you. It's what your, it's how your mind and your body interpret the events that happen to you. So although math is inherently neutral, not harming me physically, in that moment, my body felt scared and it associated that with numbers. Mm. And so this, this trauma carried on literally until literally a few weeks ago because I have my whole life been afraid of math. Yeah. And been afraid of numbers. And so I realized that as I was going to like start this Excel sheet and like track my budget and like organize my expenses, that the same feeling of feeling stupid and scared at 10 years old was what was coming up. Mm. And because I was too afraid to feel that feeling or feel basically my body was like, oh, that's a tiger. Yeah. Like we don't want to go there. Stay away from numbers. I I just avoided numbers. Like I just wouldn't look at it. And so I had to go back into the past and get curious about like, what is this feeling trying to say? Like, what does this mean? And I literally had to re-educate that part of me because these traumatized parts of you, they're basically stored psychological memory that has no awareness of kind of like how old you are now. If Mm -hmm. you are aware of internal family systems therapy, the idea is that there are these parts of you that got frozen in time and you as the self or the one who is the wise parent, sort of like the inner guidance, you have to go back and be like, hey, like that's not happening right now. Or like, that's not what that means. I know that's how you interpreted it. And so I had to go back to this 10 year old and actually inform her And it seems kind of silly at first, but I had to inform her, hey, like we're actually, we're really smart now. You know, we've done these things. We even went to university and it was so interesting. There was this this feeling inside of me that was, it was almost like the part was saying, really? And I was like, yeah, like we, we went to school and we, we graduated with like a 3.9 GPA. Like we're really smart. And she was like, oh, okay. So it's safe to look at the bank account. And this sounds so silly, but until you can get to the root of like what feeling you're not willing to feel that comes up with relation to money, you're always going to get in your own way. Like it, it didn't matter how much money I was making, this feeling and fear of being stupid and like messing up money. And like, basically my body was like bracing itself for like danger. It was like, if we get this problem wrong, mm-hmm. then we won't be loved anymore. You know, you know, mom's going to leave the room basically. And I had to go back and reparent that part and say, no one's leaving. We're learning. Like Mm. we're safe right now. There's nothing wrong with what you've done up until this point. We just want to learn more so that we can feel more safety. We can feel more clarity in this. 
And then once I worked through that part, doing the Excel sheet and the expenses became super easy. Mm. And so I always thought it was like, oh, I just don't want to, I just don't want to do the expenses thing. That was never the problem. It right. was the feeling I wasn't willing to feel. Mm. And I think the shame thing and the embarrassment and feeling stupid is so real. I mean, that's why I waited so long to hire an accountant yes. or a, a financial planner. I remember saying to you, like, just get a planner. And, and it's just, you do feel shame, I think, because Again, it's the persona that we have of ourselves in our mind. It's all ego. It's, it's all, all ego. ego. You're trying to protect yourself. Hundred percent. And and I'm, I don't want this person. I, I felt I was over explaining. Like just so you know, it's because of this and that. And you know, I I have not. I have learned this before. And I I felt I kept on trying to over explain why I was in the situation that I was. But with this last financial planner that I met with, and he's awesome. I just laid it all out on the table. And I was yeah. like, listen, I know nothing. You and like, I'm actually... Talk em- to me like I'm five. Yeah. And I was like, I actually am embarrassed with how little I know. And I but just want to lay problem. that on the table. So many people are embarrassed. They won't get the help that they need. Because exactly. you, you could have gotten that planner like five years ago. Oh, 100%. But it was... You weren't willing to get over the feeling. And so you just continued to cause more financial problems for yourself. Yes. And so... This is not like a you need to get more money issue because that actually wasn't your problem. No. It was I need to get clear on what is stopping me from feeling, you know, safe and confident talking about money, regardless of how much I have. Like, yeah. how can I get to a place where just talking about this feels fine? I'm not like, you know, judging and measuring myself worth based on the numbers that I'm sharing or whatever the fuck knowledge I have about this. I just need to get to a place where I feel safe to have this conversation. Otherwise, I'm never going to get clear on it. Even if I make a million dollars, I'll probably lose it because I don't know how to manage it. 100%. I need to get past that feeling. And so how do you think you got past that feeling? Oh, God. I mean, my journey was very, very, very long, I think, with money. It's been a lot of up and down. So I think for me, it was a a lot of layers. Um, You know, one of the things that you and I always say about manifestation is that you don't manifest what you want. You manifest what you believe you're worthy of. And when it comes to money... I wanted a lot of money. I I knew I could do it, quote unquote, but there was something deep inside where my worthiness was just so attached to money that every time I didn't have money, my worthiness was not there. And so inherently, I was not able to manifest more because of the attachment that I had to money and the belief that I wasn't going to be good until I had more money. And so that just kept me in a perpetual cycle of scarcity. And every time I'd get money, I would lose it. You know, and that was another story. That was another pattern that I kept telling myself. So a lot of the money stuff for me was just repetitive patterns. But going even further back, I can honestly say that it really was, um, like I was saying earlier, my way of showing my family that I knew what I was doing with my life. Yeah. So money is proof. Money is proof. And, you know, even to this day, I think my parents sometimes question what I'm doing with my life and think that I've made not the best decisions in my life. But, you know, I came out of high school, went right into working. And I just remember saying, I'm going to just make a ton of money. I'm going to have all these businesses and I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to show you uh, what I have in my vision. And I got so attached to, to to that vision being who I was that I just got lost in it. And then, of course, when I wasn't successful with the money, quote unquote, it it just really did a number. And thank God it did. So for me, I went through a really, really difficult year where on paper, it looked like I was making a ton of money. Um, it looked like I was really successful. You know, things looked on the outside a certain way. And I kind of wanted to keep up that facade. Yeah. But you get to this point where you can't keep doing it. And it really broke me down over and over and over and over. And I can see now that what spirit was trying to do was really forcing me to detach myself from money. Yeah. And so it took it away. It literally took it away. Yeah. 
Because if I had the money, let's be real, I wouldn't be do doing work. this work. I wouldn't be doing the work. I know that straight up. If I was born into like the Kardashian family, like I would not be dealing with any of this stuff right now. I mean, I'm sure they have a whole bunch of other issues. But for me, I really had to dig deep of what what is this attachment to it and why do I feel like I need it so bad? Yeah. Wait, I want I want to go deeper into that because um, for those who don't know, Gina actually, um, although you never really had trouble making money, it was always the keeping of it. Because oh, I have no problem making money. Because you didn't want to look at it. It's the same thing as me, right? Where it's like, I don't want to look at what's happening and I don't, I'm not even going to track my spending. I'm just going to... I mean, just- I, yes, yes, it was that, but it was also... It's funny. I don't know if I'm going to explain this properly. I think for me, I wanted a ton of money so that I could just spend without even thinking, thinking about, about it. it. But Which is no. actually scarcity. Yes, it is. That's scarcity. And I figured that out this year where I was like, oh, my desire to just be able to spend as much as I want, not even think about money. I only want that because mm-hmm. I want so much that I don't have to have any issues and any problems, which is scarcity instead of thinking abundant that even if something I were to lose something, there's always more that comes back. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Any person with a lot of money, they're not they're not looking at money like that. Like no. They are organized. Like, like Amazon, they know how much money is coming in. Like, you know what I mean? They're not just like, oh, we make so much money that we don't have to track anything. It's exactly. Like, no. They they look at it. Exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. Well, that's kind of like even health. Like, I'm going to be so healthy that I don't need to think about my health. And it's like, no. Even if you're healthy, you still need to check in with your body and know what's going on. And so I think for me, I really had to lose it so many times to start to heal the process. And for me, it started, I think, with just healing my relationship to it obviously. And, and it really did get to a point where I had to not want it anymore, mm-hmm. which is really, really hard. Which is so hard. But, you know, we talked about um, at the retreat recently, I know you did the abundance workshop. And yes. abundance is the feeling of having enough and it doesn't have to come from money, right? Mm-hmm. And so you literally had to lose all your money, yep. go into debt to find out that you were okay. Yes. That's all. What's, what's okay. weird is that you still live in the same place. Like oh, where the same clothes, same people were in your life. And that's when you were like, oh, this is abundance. Yes. I'm okay. Like, no, I don't have like a net worth of whatever. And like I am struggling to make my payments this month, but I'm okay. And abundance, we have to remember, comes from us, not from money. Yes. Like, I remember we had that talk in Deep Cove where I was like, I'm abundant because I'm me. Exactly. Well, your abundance is realizing that you are the source of, yes. of all things, right? Yes. So, for example, like, okay, if you want $100, your worth and abundance is not coming from $100. It's that you exchanged maybe like a skill or an hour of your time. Yeah. Or, you know, you created a painting, like whatever you did, it came from you and then money became the representation of mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what so many of us are doing is reviewing money as the thing that's valuable rather than ourselves as the thing that's valuable yes. and then money as a reflection of that. So there's obviously like, you know, people who exploit people for money. But let's just talk about in general. In general, people who are making a lot of money, they're making a huge impact. Like they are impacting a lot of people and they're usually creating a lot of things that are unique to them. So I'm thinking of, I don't know, like singers, authors, right? You know, one of the examples I love to give my clients is, for example, if um, Ariana Grande, she, let's just say there was a financial market collapse. There's been, we've been hacked by the Russians and all the money is gone because frankly, you know, all the money is just like ones and zeros. Like we hardly have any cash. It's all just in a computer, right? Yeah. Let's just say it's all gone. Is Ariana Grande at that point poor? Of course not. Of course not. She's just going to like 
create another album of music. Yeah. She's going to go on tour. She's going to create some merch. She's going to do a makeup line. That's why she's rich, not because she has money. The money could all go, mm-hmm. but the abundance stays because your source the well of creation that exists within you never ceases. Like yeah. that's what's the abundant that's what's abundant about you and this universe is that you could literally never run out of ideas. It's like you can create whatever. Like we created a retreat. Um, I'm writing a book. It's like all of these things are where the abundance is co- the abundance is coming from me. And then the money is just really a byproduct and representation of those things. And mm-hmm. so if you're wondering right now, like, how do I get more money? You're asking the wrong question. Yes. You're always going to be behind the eight ball. It's more like, how do I help more people? How do I bring value, right? What am I already good at? And what do people come to me for, right? And so maybe maybe you fucking love dogs, right? And, and everyone asks you, can you babysit my dog when I'm gone? Oh my God, there you go. You're an entrepreneur. You have a dog sitting business. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the way I help people. This is the way I provide a service and offering. Like nothing is exchanged for nothing, right? Remember we talked about money being an exchange and it is, we made it up because before we would say, hey, I have seven apples. Can I have seven oranges? If you and I thought that was an equivalent trade, we would have been like, great, awesome. Here's your oranges. Here's your apples. Things got complicated when we started offering services that weren't physical, right? Especially with online. Right. How do you how do you price, you know, a digital download? Yeah, it's right? intangible. It's intangible. And so we had to come up with something also intangible to represent that. And so we put so much value on money when reality in reality, money is just a tool and a system that we made up for the exchange of value. So if you want more of it, you have to give value. Mm-hmm. And it becomes really that easy. And if you're thinking right now, I'm not valuable, right? There's more inner work for well, you. That's the work. That's, that's the, the work. That's the work, right? Because the work is not, oh my God, how many hours do I need to work to make money? And it's not how many businesses do I need to create? It's, right. Yeah. Going really deep. And honestly, I think the question I had to ask myself too is, again, the personification of money if I were money, if I were the energy of money, would I want to come here? And that was a really big uh, realization for me because, again, I had this chokehold on money. And I think going on that tangent as well, I was making money bigger than me. I was mm-hmm. making money so much more valuable, so much more important than than me. And so then, of course, we're going to feel so crappy when we don't have it, which then perpetuates us attracting more of that, right? And so I think when I realized, oh, I'm bigger than money, and what I actually did, and I don't know if this is going to be helpful for some people or not, but I actually did go to the worst case scenario. I was like, okay, let's just say, let's just say I lose my job, lose my house, lose everything. I have to sell all my belongings, what would be the worst thing that happens? I claim bankruptcy. I had to really think, <laughs> I mean, I'll still have my family. I would still actually do have friends that would help me if I really needed yeah, it. I'd be- probably have a place. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to sleep over at your place. I would have a place to stay. And even if I had no friends and family, there's shelters. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I had to go down that worst case scenario and yeah, kind of face it and realize oh, I would still be okay. Yeah. And really getting to the point where my life is not good because of all the things that I have within it. My life is good, again, because of me. And I can be good and feel good and feel love and feel abundant in any scenario, even if I don't have any money. And that took me time to realize. But that's really the journey that I've been on for the past few years. Yeah. And for you, I think losing money was when you realized, oh, all I wanted from this money was a feeling. Yes. And I can have the feeling without the money. Yes. Right. Because attachment literally is when you say, I'm only going to conditionally feel this way when this 
outcome is met. Yes. So only when someone wants to be in a relationship with me, only when I get a promotion, only when I make this much money. And that relationship is going to cause so much scarcity, right? Because frankly, things are always changing, right? Law yeah. of impermanence. Things are always changing. You know, you can't guarantee like what someone thinks or how much money comes in, but you can always control what you give. And yes. you can always control how you feel actually too, based on your thoughts. And so you can choose to focus on, oh, well, you know what? I, even if I had no money, I would be able to have blah, 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 right? And I think going down that worst case scenario is super important because we kind of like, we kind of float around worst case scenario without ever really going there. 100%. And it's scary. And it's so scary. It's so scary because we don't know what it is. Yes. It's, it's like the brain is like, well, that's unknown. So I'm terrified. But like, no, let's, let's, let's try to make it known. Like, let's play this out. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, okay, if the worst happened, what would you do next? Yes. Because that gives you your power back. Yes. Because even if everything had gone terribly, like what? You're just going to you're just going to lay there on the floor for like the rest of your life? No. Well, that's what I thought to myself. I was like, I would just get another job and make money. I know. I would just do that. And I think there are so many people in this world who have no money and they're the happiest people. Yeah. That was actually a kicker for me. Um, did I send you the the fable of the like American, um, the American banker and the fisherman? I think you did, but let's share it. Okay. That's such a good fable. Oh, I kind of don't want to say it because then people will Okay, spoiler alert. If you have never heard of this fable, you should go look it up right now before I explain it. It's called the American Baker and Fisherman Story or something like that, or fable. And basically, in this fable, there is a man who visits a fisherman in his village. He's like on vacation or something. And this man is a well-to-do, like, working man. He goes out and he collects enough fish for the day. And then he comes home and um, basically enjoys an evening with his family where he plays around... Um, the square playing guitar with his friends and enjoys a nice meal. Basically, the American banker was like, "What do you What do you do for for life and living?" He's like, "Well, oh, I, I, you know, I fish and then I go home and I enjoy my family." And he's like, "You know what? You could end up becoming the primary manufacturer of fish for this village. Mm. Why don't I help you grow your fishing business? I'm gonna invest in you. We're gonna get this many boats. We're gonna buy this much fish, and blah 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 blah." And so the fisherman's like, okay, cool. So they end up, um, I don't know if it's actually what happens or if like it's a hypothetical story that they're talking about, but regardless, the message stays the same. So he ends up helping him grow his business and he does become that city's like primary mm -hmm. manufacturer like of fish. Mm -hmm. And the company becomes so successful where he's no longer the one who's personally fishing. He's kind of like the CEO and he has, he hires people now to go on their own boats and fish, right? And then for a wholesale price, like Costco or whatever. Yeah. And then at the, towards the end of the story, he's, the fisherman is like, okay, I've done everything and I'm so successful now. What do I do? And he was like, oh, now you sell the company for a lot of money. And then he was like, okay, then what? And he was like, well, then you can go home and enjoy your family and play guitar with your friends in the square. <laughs> and it just, every time I read that story or remember that, I'm like, oh, like the, <laughs> Oh, it's like the thing that I want is to like enjoy my life, which I can literally do yes. right now, like on the way to whatever, whatever sort of outward abundance I want to receive. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, we lose the point when we get so enamored with money, we tie money to happiness. And then our happiness, which is really just shared connection with ourselves and the people in our life that gets lost. And it's sad. People will actually sacrifice that for money. Oh, hundred percent. Like that, that is, um, 
I love the concept of invisible and visible assets. You know, I talked about this on a previous podcast, but invisible assets being like love, connection, joy, purpose, creativity, you know, sense of safety. And then your visible assets being like money, cars, house, clothes, whatever, anything materialistic. But people will sacrifice invisible assets for visible ones. Yeah. But really, when you get to the end of your life and you have a bunch of visible assets and you're about to leave this physical plane, what do you have? Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. It's it's worthless. And so I have rooted into really remembering that my invisible assets are so much more valuable. They're not quantitative, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, in our 3D world, we use quantity to evaluate worth and substance, right? It's like, you know, X amount of dollars. You know, we the brain likes that, but the qualitative invisible assets are far more valuable. And those are things that br- most likely, if you're listening, you already have. Yeah. That's that's the feeling you root into. It's not like, oh, I have money and I can feel good. It's like, no, you you have friends. Yeah. You, and hopefully you have health. Yeah. Right. And that that is wealth to me. hundred percent. And I think that was also a realization you and I both had was when we did hit a certain number, like I still felt like shit. Nothing came. And I was <laughs> like, wait, I busted my ass off to get to this point thinking that this is it. This is it. I need to do this so that I can be happy only to get there and feel worse. Oh, and yeah. then you have to maintain it or make more, oh, yeah. which is another rat race. And so, you know, when I, when I lost all the money, I did have to do that reverse engineering of what do I want the money for? And again, it all boils down to I want to be happy, right? I want to be happy. I want to feel good. And then I realized like you did, oh, I can just feel good and happy now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as I started rooting into what is abundant in my life, instead of focusing on what's not, that's when everything shifted because I started to think, what do I have an abundance of? What do I have unlimited resource of? Number one was love for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like that's unlimited. never going to go away. Love from you. Our friendship. Don't have to pay for that. It's unlimited. Has no bearing on how much money I make, what nope. I'm doing with my life. It's never going to go away. This is silly, but I used to just turn on my tap and just think this just comes on all the time automatically. And it sounds so silly, but when you can find and actually look for abundance in other areas of your life, more abundance starts coming. But most of us are only focused on what we're lacking and what we don't have. And even when you get money, you're thinking about how much more you need to get. Again, everything around money, my thought process was all scarcity. Yeah. Well, anything gained from scarcity still feels like scarcity. 100%. Because that's the law of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm in scarcity and I get to another... Like, I'm only going to get more scarcity. Yeah. So the the figure, right, whether it's 100K or a million, if I got it in scarcity or I chased it in scarcity, being there feels like scarcity. Exactly. And like, that's when I realized, like, I don't want to play this game anymore. Because I, me and you both, we, I think we both got to places where financially I was like, okay, now I'm going to feel, when I get there, yes, I'm going to feel safe. And I got there and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so scared I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Like, I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to recreate the same results next year. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah. I have the money now and I feel worse. Yeah. And then I actually started rooting back or reminding myself of times when I had no money. This is how I started feeling abundant again. I remember when I first moved to Vancouver, I was 24 years old and I had um, no job. I started working in retail for like $15 an hour, but I was working part-time because I was still a student. So I remember during that time, like I had no money. Like I had enough money just to pay for what I needed to pay for and like not even enough to pay for that. Like <laughs> I was I was in a little bit of whatever. I did yeah. not have any money. But I looked back on my memories from that year and a bit. And I was like, I still went and walked on the beach. Like I still hung out with my friends. Like I still laughed. And I was like, I was 
fine. Mm-hmm. Like none of my my joy and my happiness did not come from money. Clearly, because I didn't yeah. have any. <laughs> right? I was trying to remember these times, and then it was so odd comparing that to this previous moment that we were just talking about, where like I had the money, but I felt worse, and I was like, okay, so then. Okay, so money must have nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with money. I think you have to really redefine what being rich means yeah. to you. For yeah. me now, being rich means honestly how much love I have in my life. Literally. What are my relationships like? Do I have an abundance of people that I can reach out to and connect with and really feel enlightened by and lit up by people who lift me up? That is a resource that I want to spend my energy focusing and on. And it's com- it's forever renewable. Yes. Right. Money's kind of like this, you know, it kind of whatever we said it it circulates. It doesn't really run out, but you know what I mean? Like it comes and goes. Whereas like this feeling of love that you have for the people in your life and even yourself, it's like, that's literally an infinite. Well, infinite. Yeah. It never ends. It never ends. I'm so lucky. I have. (laughs) I'm so lucky. I, I think that's, that's what it comes down to is like finding the reasons why you can feel good now. Yes. And it sounds I get it. It does sound kind of like, well, I can't feel good now because I don't have any money, right? It's like easy for you to say, but it's like, no, you can, if you have your health, first of all, that's a great way to feel good now. But, you know, sacrificing your invisible assets, such as health, actually, for a visible asset is just not worth it. And when you stop viewing money as a worthiness sort of indicator and rather as a byproduct of the energy that you're holding and embodying and frankly giving because you receive what you give. Yeah. Like, and people are trying to get money without giving anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, how do I get more money? It's like, well, what are what are you exchanging for it? You know, it's like, wh- right. what are you offering? The way that money works is it's a tool for exchange. So like, you don't just get it for nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, this is all assuming that the person is thinking that money is this big thing that they have to have. And there's this, okay, I don't know if you guys listen to Blackpink, but we love Blackpink in my house. And uh, one of the main, I mean, I guess they're all main uh, members of the group, but Lisa has a song called Money. And in the music video, there's a huge neon light sign that says, money makes a terrible master, but makes a great servant. And that like blew my mind because I'm telling you right now, money was my master for many years. I was money's servant. But when you flip that and you're like, money gets to work for me. Money is an energy that I can impact and I influence, not the other way around. And so really, if we go back to Abraham Hicks teachings too, it always goes back to, you just have to find a way to feel good. When you are creating from a place of feeling good, feeling whole, feeling happy, everything else just is so much easier to come to you. Whereas when you focus on, I need to get the specific thing in order to feel happy, it's it's just a losing game all around. On that note, I want to give a definition of abundance that really helped me because I think out of this entire episode, what I'm hoping people get out of this is that abundance doesn't only come in the form of money. If you can start accessing feelings of being rich, feeling abundant, feeling love, if you can find other ways in your life to experience that same feeling, the money will just come automatically. But let me give you this um, abundance definition that actually comes from Bashar. I don't know if you guys know Bashar Bashar. or not. But okay, I'm going to read it. Abundance is the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Period. Mm. And so when I thought about that, I was like, well, I can do everything I need to do today. Yeah. That's abundance. You know, even when somebody, I don't know, just buys you a coffee or lets you in line or 
just you be having a coat to put on your your yourself to go outside because you're cold. That's abundance. Yes. I have a car to get to my daughter to school. Abundance. And and I started to see all of this abundance around me. And at first, it's going to feel like you probably have no abundance around you, right? The first time I remember thinking about this, I was like, I still have none. Well, but, because that's because they don't know what abundance is. Exactly. They think it's money. Exactly. <laughs> right. But then you, you once you start opening up your eyes to just trying to look for other forms of abundance, I promise you, you'll start to find it. And it'll just keep on amplifying. And so I do have... Five forms of abundance that Bashar also talks about. The first one is obviously money, which everybody focuses the most amount on. And keep in mind that the concept here is that all forms of abundance are equal. Money is not bigger, more important. It's all equal. And the sooner you can equalize these in your mind, the easier it's going to be to attract all of them. So money is the first one. The second form of abundance is barter or exchange or trade. So think about even with your friends, if they, I don't know, treat you to dinner or if you're on social media and you're receiving a product for an exchange for a post, that's all abundance. The third one is synchronicity. Mm. Synchronicity is huge. You and I always have these crazy synchronistic moments. Today, we both wore the same necklace. Yeah. Um, That was synchronistic. That is a sign that the universe is responding to you. It is a sign that the universe is seeing you. And it's a sign that you're also open to hearing what the messages are, which is abundance. Um, The fourth one is giving and receiving gifts. So even that, like Christmas time, are you getting gifts from anyone? That's abundance. Um, And the fifth one is actually my favorite, which is um, imagination and inspiration. Mm. Getting these downloads of ideas and just inspiration to do something, that's also abundance. Yeah, like Ariana Grande getting an inspiration for a song. Yes. And then writing it and then going to eventually sing it. Yes. Whatever, record it, produce it. That's abundant. And it's abundant in obviously in money, but also think about how happy she is. She's using her gifts mm -hmm. and she's joyful. She loves what she's creating. That's abundance. And I think the reason why money seems so hard to get is because we're also conditioned to think that we need to do things we hate to get it. True. Right? Like, we think that people who do what they love to make money as like anomalies. We're yeah. kind of like, oh, well, like that person's lucky because she's so talented. It's like, no, we're all talented. Like we all have gifts. And I think part of healing any sort of trauma, especially money trauma, is realizing, wait, I have value to bring to the world. Because you talked about money is a tool for exchange. So if you want it, you got to give something. Yeah. Now, how can you give something if you don't acknowledge what you have within you to give. And so Mm. part of my journey of becoming more financially abundant was realizing how abundant I am with inspiration. Yes. Right? Because last year, I remember talking to a friend about manifestation and she told me, you know what? You're so good at explaining this. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you realize that just because it makes sense to you that it makes sense to other people. She's like, I think you're you're missing something here. Like what you think is just common knowledge is very difficult for people to understand. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of basic. Like, like attracts like. like and, <laughs> and there's and now what I've identified is all the blocks to understanding that within your own psyche and your emotional body. So now I coach people on that, which is so awesome. But she was like, you should just start like, you are obsessed with this. You should start sharing people, um, sharing with people like what you think about it. And so that was when I created videos on manifestation. And one of them went viral. But like that 
I wasn't abundant because I got a viral video. Right. I was abundant because I had this this insight, this inspiration, right? right? Which is never ending. Like I continue to create more videos. Like all of that's coming from me. It's not coming from like the money that's coming from it. It's not like you have money and now you have this idea because you have money. No, that came before. Exactly. Right? So everything comes before. Like if, if you can recognize that inner abundance prior to any money coming, like that's the key because yeah. that is always within you. And what is happening right now is that you are completely disconnected from yourself, right? You think that money is more valuable than you. And yeah. so you are completely foregoing any of your gifts, any of your creativity, and frankly, just using a lot of your time to get it. And that's not bad. I think that that's something everyone has to go through. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you will continue to do that. And maybe what you give your time to is worthy of it. But what my concern is, a lot of people are designating their non-renewable resource, which is time, mm. for money. Mm-hmm. And even if the, and what I want them to understand is like, even if you get it, you're still not going to feel good. Yeah. Like that's my thing. It's like, I'm not trying to, I will help you get money, but I will make sure first where this wound is coming from. Because mm. if you are trying to get money from scarcity, no amount of money is going to fix you. Right. You're always going to feel like, oh, I need more. And like, oh, like if I made this much, I can make this much more. It's like that that feeling of just like never feeling like you're able to settle is not coming from money. It's coming from your scarcity wound. And so, mm. yeah, abundance is, it's an inside game. I think it's all about learning how to live unconditionally. That's really mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's all about removing the conditions. And this goes for anything you're trying to manifest in your life. We have to get to the point where we are okay no matter what. It's that Abraham Hicks quote. You know, you have to love yourself no matter what. And I talked about this at the retreat that you have to budget your energy before you budget your money. Ooh. How are you budgeting your energy? Where is your energy going? If, if you're spending all of your energy on worrying about how you have no money, yeah, that's that's a waste of energy and money. And yeah, and time. And I remember when you asked that question at the workshop, you were like, imagine if you put the amount of time and energy you spent worrying about with learning. Yes. And that really kind of put the house lights on me because I was like, <laughs> why am I not doing that? But then I had to uncover the money trauma thing. I was like, oh, there's a reason why I don't want to learn because I'm scared of this feeling. So you got to work on that. Yeah. So what I said at the retreat was think about how in one year, just think about oh. how many times you've worried about money and just try to add up the amount of time you've spent thinking about money. Just, I don't know, if you think about two minutes like a day. so much. Two minutes a day people. times 365. That's a lot of time. Now, if you just invested that time into learning about money, into maybe investing in yourself and, and I don't know, therapy or coaching or something, if you did, if you invested that time in anything other than just worrying about money, think about where you would be. And so that's why I always have to catch myself. And trust me, it's not like we don't worry about money. We still mm-hmm. go through these seasons. And, you know, I just got out of one as well. And I had to really ask myself, oh, wait, where am I budgeting my energy? And all of my energy was going into worry and fear. Yeah. Instead of going back into love, prioritizing me, my relationship with me, because at the end of the day, my number one priority in life, I mean, it used to be making as much money as I could, but now my priority is unconditional love for myself. But I mean, that's the thing. Your priority used to be getting a buttload of money because you thought you'd be able to love yourself. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so I just reversed reversed it. it. 
which is how you get more money. Yes. <laughs> it's so, it's so simple, but so hard. And also the other thing I want to say is that one of the ways that we got to where we are was by number one, having this realization, okay, money comes from me. Yes. Therefore, investing in myself and yes. learning to learn more is going to create more money. Now, yes. most people, because they think of money as this like um, running out resource that they have to like recoup, they don't want to make investments in themselves. No, they're like, once I have money, I'll invest in myself. Yeah. And it just <laughs> does not work like that. Like yeah. I think at some of our lowest points is when we made the highest investment. Oh my gosh, so true. Yeah. So, no, seriously, so true. this year when I did not have any money in this business, I was like, okay, I'm about to pay $15,000 to someone who's going to help me get my shit together. But the reason why I was able to do that confidently was because I know that as soon as I learn something from this person and this person's system, I'm going to be able to create more abundance because it's going to come from me. Yes. So like if I don't change the inputs, I can't change the outputs. Mm. And so although I was feeling like, oh, there's a lot of money, I was like, it doesn't matter because the money comes from me. So it's like when I learn what she knows, then I'll create more from myself, which will then get translated into more dollars. And so I think that's something that I really want to drive home too, is that like, if you're afraid to make an investment in yourself, that mm. goes to show that you still have a money scarcity wound because you don't understand yet that abundance comes from within. And if you invest $15,000 here, that doesn't mean it's not going to come back. It actually means that you're probably going to be able to double, triple, quadruple that. Mm. And that was something I'm really proud of us for learning because we could have easily thought like, oh, it's too much. Like, I don't want to invest. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it back, but I think you got to trust in yourself and know that like, I'm going to transform through this investment. Therefore, my my bank account can't af can't possibly not grow because I'm going to grow, mm. right? It's going to be a reflection of me. Totally. And I think to piggyback off of that too, I think you have to really be careful to not try to exchange dollar for dollar because sometimes I think when people invest in things like that, again, they're stuck on, okay, well, is this, am I going to recoup my money back? But I think what's so much more valuable than money is your connection to yourself and your connection to source. And when you prioritize that, then when you invest in yourself, then you are getting that investment back because your connection to yourself is stronger. Your connection to source is stronger. You're unattached to things. You're unconditional. That is worth so much more. And when you create from that place, everything's just so much easier. I know. And you, I, I listen to Abraham Hicks all the time and they always say that you can't solve a problem from the frequency of the problem. But we're all trying to solve abundance from scarcity. Yeah. From the frequency of scarcity, you can't do yes. that. And so the easiest thing you can do is prioritize you. If you spent every day, instead of five minutes worrying about money, five, if you spent five minutes worrying about how can I just find joy just for five minutes? What can I do that's childlike energy? What can I do that makes me feel really rich, really loved? If you just spent five minutes a day on that, I, I guarantee you that abundance will start coming because yeah. you're, you're creating an environment for abundance to thrive mm -hmm. because you're abundant in your connection to yourself and yes. to source. And, and to others, like for me, like when I invested in my mastermind, right? If I had only understood abundance on a financial plane, yeah. I would have been sitting in that group thinking like, oh my God, like how am I going to make that $15,000 back? Yeah. Right. But all I could think was like, I'm so lucky to be sitting in this room with these people, like mm -hmm. having these conversations. And like, I don't know a single person that's like, made it without making some sort of investment in themselves because yeah. frankly everything you're experiencing in your life is a is a is a projection of yourself mm. so like if you can't improve yourself like or not improve but rather shift right the mindsets that are kind of being projected to your current reality then you won't see anything different and so 
Also, this is just like a side note, but I truly do believe people who pay, pay attention because... <laughs> oh, I love that. I know. It's so true. It's so true. I could have... Okay. I could have watched probably a thousand YouTube videos and read wiki articles on how to like make money and whatever, grow my business. But first of all, that would have taken me a really long time. Yeah. So, you know, trial and error just takes longer. But second of all, I just would not have been able to... I just would not have put my full self into no. it. Like you don't I, take it as seriously. Yeah, like that fifteen thousand dollar. By the way, U.S. dollars. I'm in, yeah. I'm in Canada, so it was like twenty something thousand dollars. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking waste my time and my money. Like I'm making something of this. And frankly, I think so much of your your shift comes from just that decision alone. Mm. It's like as soon as you decide, it's not about the money. It's like no, I'm deciding. Like I am putting this money here, and I am making something of this mm. done. And then I shift the timeline. Mm. Intense is everything yes. though, right? Because again, like you said, had you gone into that thinking, okay, I'm going to go into this and try to make all my money back and this better double my, my income, you just wouldn't have the same experience. So I think intention is everything. You know, I, I think we're both just really living from a place of, I don't know, responding with love. That's really shifted for me. I don't know. I just feel like this conversation is very aggressive. You know, money can be really aggressive where it's like, do this, do that. But I really think that bringing a feminine energy to money and kind of creating a space where, I don't know, where it's surrounded by love. I don't know. I, I think that's really shifted for me because I think money to me was a very masculine, very aggressive, like you got to hustle, you got to do this. And I think now that I've changed my relationship with money, where it is more focused on how much love I feel and then money is secondary. I don't know. I feel like my relationship with money is a lot more soft. <laughs> I love how feminine you just got. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think also, right, we need to change this whole idea of like money is bad, right? Mm. That, that seems to be embedded in the mass consciousness. You know, I right? never like, had that. Um, and, that's and, good. That's I've good. never had the... I think money is the root of all evil. And if I have a lot of money, I'm I'm bad. That's it. But it's so common. Oh, it's so common. But it's not, once again, it's not conscious. Right. right? Like, I don't think anyone walks around thinking like, yeah, money's terrible. I think it's just like a subconscious, deep-rooted belief that like, it's just, it's kind of bad to talk about it. Like, you know, you know, I always consider this. If I walked into a group of, uh, a room full of people, let's say they're my friends and acquaintances, and I walk in and I say, oh my gosh, guys, I'm stressing. I'm so fucking broke. And they'd be like, oh, like that sucks. Like, do you need help? Do you need support? I would receive love for that. If right. I walk into a room and say like, holy shit, guys, I just made so much money. <laughs> people would be like, the fuck is she on? Like, <laughs> totally. Kind of like judging me, right? Yeah. But like, you're like one of the only people where I feel like we can talk about you know, the money that's being generated yes. because we're not doing, like, I don't think all of a sudden like, okay, like, well, Get because it's house. not coming from an egoic way, right. egoic place, and I think you and I are both listening with ears that are not coming from. But an just, egoic place. I'm just curious for anyone who's listening right now. Like, just imagine, just yeah. imagine that I did walk into a room and I did say I just made so much money or whatever amount that is. Wouldn't you kind of flinch? You'd be oh, like, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that the unconscious person is going to be like, oh, like why is she saying that? Like that's weird. And but they like, would make it mean something about them, right? But it's like when you can view money as neutral and just see, okay, that person was able to generate that. Good for her. That's the only way that you're going to be able to get to the same place. It reminds me of the rich kid analogy remember oh my that god that was so funny what even started okay this is so this is so funny okay so gina had a very strong year actually she's had a, she's had a couple of very strong years after healing her money trauma so yes. you had to go to less than zero dollars to half oh. a million dollars okay negative a lot negative <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot. Negative a lot. So by the way, whatever money you have or don't have right now says nothing about how much you can have because in less than three years, she went to half a million. So anyways, yeah. success story. So proud of you. <laughs> but you. honestly, the work began after you got the money. It More of the work began. More. I mean, I did a lot of work before and then I got the money and there was a lot more, more work, work to be done. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, speaking of this, her daughter was, uh, she's seven now and you have an only child. And because you've been able to generate so much financial abundance, she just has a lot of things. Like she, yeah, we we, <laughs> we do buy her a lot of things, and she is an only child, and so yeah, we and do. She, and and, she, and every oh my god, every time she asks for a toy, like you say yes. I mean, okay, not not every time, but I think my love language is giving gifts. That's and true. That's true. Her love language is receiving gifts. <laughs> um, and so for us, it's about experiences, right? And I think. Um, we're the kind of parents that if she's into a really specific show, then we want to get her mm. everything in the show so we can play. And, you know, it's not just about spoiling her, but it no, is about the not. experience about it, right? And also, I think because you didn't get to have those experiences, like, yes. obviously gifting them is, like, such a beautiful thing. But I think it was that your husband was saying, like, we give her too much stuff. Well, he always, yeah, so my husband has a very different money story than I do, which is really interesting to unpack as well, because I used to make his money story mean something about me. Mm. Um, and so I've separated that. And, you know, just so you know, if you're in a partnership where maybe your partner doesn't have the same money mindset, it doesn't matter. It doesn't my husband matter. has ne- not messed up anything for me. Um, and so anyways, with my daughter, yeah, like he he has this story that because we get her so many things that she's just this rich kid and she gets all this stuff and she's going to be spoiled. And that actually did start to affect me where I'm like, oh, people are going to think she's just this rich kid. Right, but then you, you talked to me about it and I was like, but she is a rich kid. And then and I made talk- that mean something bad. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. I'm like, she's not spoiled. And you were like, I didn't say she was spoiled. I was like, I said she's a rich kid, meaning she's a kid with parents who have money. Yes. That's all I'm saying. And you it's were like, neutral. Yeah, exactly. And you were like, oh. Because oh. you you were trying to say, no, she's not. She's, yes, she's, she's not. She's not that kid. She's not that kid. Because I was making being rich <laughs> like she's a spoiled brat. Right. See? And that's more unconscious programming that like yeah. having money is a bad thing. I think, you know, there is this sort of air of like, well, those people don't have like an idea of like what goes on in the world. They're kind of like ignorant to things. But I think obviously that's on the parent to educate. Of course. Like yes. we shouldn't be like making our kids go through hardship on purpose so that they can know what the rest of the world <laughs> is like. You just you just help them develop awareness. Of like, course. Yes. Like I remember… Um, I wasn't as rich of a kid as Emmeline, but you know, when I was growing up, <laughs> my parents took me traveling and um, one of my parents' favorite ways to travel is going on cruises. Yeah. Frankly, they're actually pretty economical when you think of traveling. They are, they are. So we would travel, but you know, some of the locations we go to, like after you leave the cruise port, right? It's like, oh, the cruise port is like so fun and like touristy. And then you go a little bit further in like your van and you see like kind of like slums. Like yeah. you see these villages and you see these kids like running around with no shoes and like, my parents, like, on purpose, like, wanted me to see that. And so it is the parents' responsibility to help them develop awareness. But back to the rich kid story, when I said she's she is a rich kid, right? It's just so funny how you, like, reactively were, like, trying to justify it. Yeah, justify it, say that it wasn't true. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just saying that she's a rich kid. That's it. Yeah. She's not a brat. She's not insensitive. She's not rude and spoiled. She just... It is what it is. And so, you know, it's funny because when we hear someone say like, oh, they're really rich, it's kind of like we don't see that neutrally. Yeah. We, we project something onto it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I think 
my husband had a story about what rich that kids. means for her being a rich kid. And then he's trying to protect how people see her yeah. as a rich kid. And so that was a really illuminating conversation. You, it was, because can you see now how, um, I mean, Emily wasn't part of the conversation. She's seven. But let's say she was, and she was hearing maybe what your husband was saying. She might be thinking, oh, so like having money is bad. Right. Right. And so then like unconsciously, you might be getting in your own way of making money because of how you think people are going to see you. And actually, this this happens to people. Like, I think um, people who come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, like, there is there is a fear of loss of community, safety, and belonging mm. if you, like, quote-unquote, make it, Yeah. right? It's like, oh, it's kind of like this, like, oh, you think you're too good for us now? And it's like, no, I'm just trying to, you know, do something with my life, Right. But, you know, if you come from a community where people have been traditionally like low income, then for you to actually step outside of that story and that conditioning, really step into your limitless power as a creator, people are going to feel threatened by that. Yeah. And so I think people, when they start stepping into that power, then they get that kind of pushback like, oh, you think you're too good for us? Like they, it could totally bring them down. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so you have to, once again, get to a place where you see money as neutral and really just not mean anything about you at all. And especially not other people, because if you see a rich yeah. person and you make that mean, oh, she probably like, you know, did something shady or whatever. She is insensitive because she's rich. Then you're never going to let yourself experience that reality because your beliefs about being rich will get in the way. Mm, that's so true. And it's so interesting, though, because I think, like I said, I don't think I had a fear of making money. It really was just keeping it. But honestly, on that but note... But they feel the same. They do feel the <laughs> same, but that also stemmed from my my parents. That was their story, that every time we got money, they they lost it. And so, you know, you've got to pay attention to your your past story. What did your parents think about money? What was, what was the conversation around money at home? And what are the conversations that you're having now around money? Yeah. And I will say in encouragement to all of you that my negative feelings and contrast around money help me make more money. <laughs> yeah. I think, okay, yeah, that's a really good point to make that if you feel like triggered by this conversation, all the things that are being said, and like you just feel kind of grimy inside, like that is all part of your expansion yes. because you need to know that. Like yes. that, that, that feeling is an indication of the story you have right now. With yes. Them. So I think that there was sometimes shame that I felt the way that I felt with money. I was like, oh, why can't I just get over it? Like, why can't I just feel more abundant with money? Like, why Why do I feel so anxious around it? It's like, no, I needed to feel that way. Like, that yeah. was the signal for me to look deeper at myself and get curious. And it was all part of the journey. And so recently, we've really, not even recently, but really this year, we've been learning on, an, on a deeper level that every negative emotion is actually for me too. Every single one. Every single one. Pain right. is the portal to the divine. I'm telling you that right. I, I just know that for a fact. And to be completely real, I mean, again, Sam and I have gone through cycles. Yes, I had a great year, but also this the real estate market right now is tanking. And so, you know, this year has also been really, really difficult. I've also made a conscious decision to change my work schedule. So I'm not working as much. And that has made a hit on my income, which but that's Honestly, abundance too. It, but see, time. that's the whole thing. Yeah. I had to do that reframe where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not making as much money. And I actually have one of my clients who was talking to me about how much money she made this year. And she's worried about making more money next year. And um, But I asked her, I said, but how much did you actually work this year? 
Mm. You're quantifying it in a whole year, but how much did you actually work? And when you calculate dollar per hour there, it was actually way more abundant than she's ever really been. But anyways, I'm just trying to get you to reframe the way that I guess you're looking at money. Um, And I just wanted to also acknowledge that even though we've done this work, that I still have these stories come up, but it's also really exciting because again, it just shows where there's more expansion to be made. And the message that I keep getting is that you got to learn how to manage this because again, the more that you keep attracting into your life in other forms of abundance, I want to make sure that I'm holding the right space for it. So, Mm. and I want the signal. If I'm going off track, give me the signal. And that's what contrast really is. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I think for me, like this conversation has just reminded me on such a deeper level that abundance is just so much more than money. Cause yeah. like you said, like, okay, changing up my schedule and having, you know, an extra afternoon where I don't have any work, like, that's also abundance. Yes. You know, I think of, it's not just, oh, how much money can I make so that I can feel good? It's like, no, feeling good is also like being in this coffee shop with like nowhere to be for three hours. Mm. Like that's also abundant. And frankly, I'm trying to get enough money so that I can do those things. So it's like, why not just enjoy those things every now and then? Um, and I want to challenge all of you um, to see how good can you feel without money? Yeah, because frankly, like, what's the alternative? Well, I remember texting you one day and it was after one of these big epiphanies around money. And I was legitimately in my pajamas and I came outside to play video games with my my husband and my daughter. And I was like, I don't think I've ever felt more abundant. Mm. And we, I, I think we were eating like take out from like a fast food restaurant. It was, there was nothing about that that was rich or money related. It was really, I just felt so abundant to be able to be in a home, to be able to have the time, to have this video game system, to really just have an abundance of time to just spend with my family. And so again, I just really want to invite all of you to try to find all of the other sources of abundance that you've been ignoring. Because I'll tell you right now, when you ignore one source of abundance, it closes the door on the other ones too. And so can you open up the door, open up your arms and and open your eyes to try to find the abundance that already exists within you? Because if you only focus on money, we all know, well, you and I know, that money is nothing without your peace. And so many of us are trying to generate more money from a place of internal war. Right. And I think it's it, it's because there's a myth that like, I need to struggle to get it. Yes. That's right? a huge one. That's a huge one. So, you know, but from a law of attraction perspective, you're really getting it all wrong because if I'm struggling now, and this is the energy that I'm going to attract everything from, then everything I attract will also feel like struggle. Mm-hmm. So instead of worrying about money right now, and maybe we'll do a follow-up episode on like actual actionable tips for money. But right now I would just focus on your energy. It's like yeah. how, since I can't, Okay, since you can't immediately in this moment obtain more money, right? What can you do? Recalibrate your energy, right? Focus on the other forms of abundance that are available to you, right? You know, even as simple as like being able to listen to this podcast on your phone. Yeah. Like you have a freaking phone that is somehow like, I don't even know how this gets through to your ears. I have have no idea how that works. It's so abundant though. It's it's amazing that there's this wealth of information, this conversation right now. And this podcast is free. Yeah. All the podcasts are. Like think about the resources that are available that are completely free. So I just... I didn't even think of that. You you start to... There was a meme actually that I, I sent to Sam I'm going to do my best to explain it. I don't know if I've shared this already, but it was a picture of, it was a cartoon of these two people. And the one guy had like a a magnifying glass. And he was like focusing on, like trying to find something. He couldn't see anything. And the other person was like tapping on his shoulder, like turn around, man. There's so much around you that you're, but you're only honing in on trying to find one specific thing instead of being open to seeing all of it. And I think 
you and I have talked about this a lot with source energy, but even energy in general, I feel like abundance energy never goes away. It's just your openness to it that does, right? And that's for anything. And so how open are you being to receive abundance? Are you only trying to receive it from this one channel and shutting off the rest? And inherently, then yeah, you're not going to receive as much. So Mm -hmm. if nothing else, we want to leave you with this. Before you budget your money, budget your energy. Where are you spending your energy? And if you can prioritize feeling good first, that's step one. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny. I um, This is so relevant, but I get Tony Robbins emails because why not? I um, get his emails. I love him. <laughs> there was one he sent recently that really put me on blast. And it was, there was a quote in there that said, you have the life that you focus on. And oh, I was like, that's oh so man, that's so true. Because I have totally this year had some dark moments and it was because I was focusing on like what a dark moment I was having. It was like right. oh, this thing that's happening. Why is this happening? And in that moment, my life, that's the life I had. Like yeah. that's how my life felt because I i am the projector through which everything is being experienced. So if I'm focused on all the things that are not great, then my life just feels not great. But that's not the reality of life, like life, my life changes as soon as I focus on something different right now. Most recently I've been focused on so how much is here really? I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm recording this with you. And like, I woke up and I feel healthy today and I have energy and you know, all of these things I'm, and that's the life I'm currently living. So, you know, you're not, and nothing in your life changed. Nothing. (laughs) It's, it's actually all the same. I live in the same apartment. I drive the same car. It's like, you know, physically looking and feeling the same, but, you know, emotionally the life I was experiencing, which I think is, is what we experience to be our life, right? Well, perception is reality. Perception is reality, yes. right? So you, you have the life that you focus on. And so mm. if you are constantly focused on money and then not having of it, then your life constantly feels like there's this hole of just not enoughness, but abundance and the feelings that you want from money are actually still available to you. Yes. And that's when you become, like you said, unconditional. And I think that becoming the creator of any reality really, really needs you to be unconditional. And I think that's almost like what the universe wants us to realize. Yeah. It's kind of like, stop getting attached to this world of form. Yes. Like it's nothing. It all changes and shifts. All of the things you want are coming from within. You can access them now, right? So, you know, do an experiment with yourself and just see like, for the remainder, since we're closing up, um, well, depending on when you're listening to this, but you know, just for the remainder of the month, maybe just ask yourself, like, how can I feel just more abundant without, without changing anything, just practice, right? Like, and if you're not able to ask yourself, like, why am I not letting myself and just see what the judgments are? Like, you know, get a piece of paper, write down, like, why can't you feel it right now? Mm. And just see what the excuses are. Oh, I don't have enough money or like nobody likes me or whatever. Just write it down and just ask yourself, like, is that what I want to continue to focus on? Like, even if it was true, right? Because some of the statements will probably be true. Mm-hmm. Is is that what you want to focus on? You can still experience a different reality. And I also want to drive home that not focusing on it and feeling better does not mean that you won't get to it later. I think there's like this myth that, yes. oh, but if I feel good, then like I'm never going to get it together. It's like, no, actually the only way you're going to get it together is by feeling is good. Is by feeling good. Well, Abraham Hicks also talks about this all the time, that if you're trying to manifest 10 things and you just focus on feeling good about one, you manifest all 10 things. Where instead of focusing on the nine things and just being stressed about it and having scarcity around it, you won't get any of those things. So really the key to manifesting anything is to get your ener- energetics right, getting your frequency right, and you can use anything to feel good. 
Yeah. And then also to tack on to that, Abraham talked about at the live workshop that we went to um, about how we're we're so confused when we think about what we want. So she was, this this is the best. So she was joking that um, she was telling people to feel good, um, which is what they want. And they were like, okay, fine. So you're telling me that if I feel good, then I'll be able to get what I want, aka money. And she's like, no, no, feeling good is what you want. That's that's like, the end goal. Right. And it's and it just totally flipped the thing on its head because I have had that story before. Like, okay, I'm gonna heal and I'm gonna vibrate the highest frequency so that I can, I can get feel good. more money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, yeah. vibrating at the highest frequency and feeling love and joy and gratitude is what you want. You just got jaded and attached yes. to too money. Yes. So just focus on your energy. Take intentional actions. Money will come, but don't ever confuse your feelings of joy and gratitude and happiness to that. Yes. That's the trap. You know, a good exercise might be then to write down, like, why do you want money? What do you think you're going to feel when you get it? Yes. Right? And so for me, it was, okay, I'm going to feel freedom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a lot of time. I'm going to be able to experience fun things with my friends and family. And when I started writing these things down, I'm like, I can literally do this right now. <laughs> literally like, I can right literally now. have fun with my family right now. Yep. I, Which you did. I, I did. I play video games. That was fun. I feel love. I have a lot of love. I do feel really happy. And I do have freedom. I can pretty much do whatever I want. Even if you have a nine to five job, you still have freedom to be able to spend your time after hours. You even have freedom to choose how you show up to your job. We do have so much freedom. And so when I did that reverse engineering where I was like, oh, I'm trying to go through this channel, through through this money to get to where I want, but what I want is literally, there's no gate. There's no pathway know, to that. It's it an illusion already here. And so when I really, really rooted into that and understood that, that is honestly when everything transformed. And I don't want to sit here and say, once you do that, you're going to get $1,000 in your pocket because at that point, the $1,000 didn't matter to me. That didn't, that wasn't yeah. what I yeah. actually wanted. I just wanted to feel good. And then all of a sudden, everything else did come. But again, I, it didn't, I didn't get that fascination, like crazy high from it because I understood that really what I'm desiring is the feeling, the love. And so it doesn't have the same serotonin hit for me when I make money. Well, that's how I know that someone is really rooted in abundance is when they get money, they're like, okay. It's, It's the same as, you know... I don't know. I don't want to say it's the same as getting a hug from my daughter because it's not. Because honestly, getting a hug from my daughter feels better than getting money. Mm Hmm. Well, that's a really good point. Like that's... Because that's something you can root into all the time. All the time. But yeah, I think that um, if you right now are like feeling excited every time you get paid or like whatever, let's say you like win like $20 like on uh, with a lottery ticket, like and you get really excited about that. It's not that it's not that you can't feel excited about money. But when you really become a money master, it's that you're so excited about what you're doing to create the money. Like exactly. that, that's where the excitement is. So for us, for example, we're just stoked about this podcast and all the things that we want to create from it. That's the exciting part. The money just gets to be the representation of that. Yeah. And so we're not excited when the checks come in. Those are just, that's just what we utilize to do more of the same. And 100%. I think that most people are taught, oh, when you get enough money, then you can retire and stop doing what you're doing. Yes. And so no wonder you want to get it so bad. And so that's a, that's a, this is another opportunity to really ask yourself, like, what do I want to do with my time? Because then that actually makes the pursuit of money much less attractive because you're Mm. actually not trying to get away from what you're doing. Mm. That's such a good point. Because even the retreat, I mean, the best part of that was Was doing the retreat. It was the time that we spent together. (laughs) And I mean, honestly, think about this. We talked about this before too, but the best times that I've had with Sam, we've been doing nothing. Oh yeah. 
our fun costs zero dollars. Like, we <laughs> sit on the couch and we just talk. Sometimes we're just on the phone. I mean, it doesn't cost anything. And I so- honestly feel like if we were homeless together, I'd be fine. Oh my God. We talk. We could I'd, be in a garbage can, and I'd, I'd be like, be "This fine. is the best." This and is, that's this is the look at this garbage can; it's huge. Look at all this space we have. And but that's the key: can you view everything that's happening to you through the eyes of source? Because we interpret that as that's a disgusting garbage can. I mean, this is a terrible analogy, but you know, we we interpret things so differently from the human lens. And I think when you view it from spirit's lens, you can just see again these these dots that are connecting for this whole experience, and it's not. We're just so narrow-minded sometimes. Yeah, I feel like all the suffering I've had around money and like my body image, all these things, those were all ways that the universe was trying to get me to realize like you're focused on the wrong thing. Yes. Like, come on. Yes. Like, it's not about the weight on the scale or the money. It's about feeling love. Yes. Just do that. And so like all the all the dark, like twisted, conflicted feelings inside of me and feeling anxious and not enough and all of this, it was like, I only felt that because I was believing in an illusion, which was that like, I can't feel that way until I get there. Mm. And the universe was like, first of all, time is an illusion. So you can't get there. There's just here. And so you got to figure out a way to feel good here to get over there. And it's, I mean, I feel like the universe was like, oh, you you don't know how to feel good without money. We'll, we'll just take it all away. Yeah, we'll make it hard for you. Yeah, and I was like, damn it. And, right? But it was the greatest lesson. And that's why even when I do go through contrast around money, I'm like, thank you. I see thank that you. as abundance. I see that as expansion. I see that as the universe protecting me and giving me access to learning more and connecting more with myself and with spirit. And so it really is, you know, learning about manifestation is not, to learn so that you can just always manifest whatever the hell you want. It's really getting to the point where you can receive any experience that you're having neutrally, first of all, but also from a lens of seeing how it's working out for you. I think it's just really having the capacity without having the whole story around it. Yeah. And my favorite thing about manifestation and what I love to coach my clients on is, um, and the reason why I love it so much is because anyone who comes to me, I know that they're already in a place of lack because otherwise, why do you want the why do you want this? Of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the exciting part for me is like, I get to take you from that mindset of feeling like you don't have enough and all of that, uncovering all the blocks and the stories that you have acquired over time, realizing that everything you've ever wanted is already right within you. Yes. Then you start to enjoy the fuck out of your life, which is the part that you really wanted. Yes. And then I get to just watch you get shit. And, and that's awesome because when you get to a point where like, I have had clients tell me, like, I actually don't care what, what I get that's anymore. That's the whole thing. I'm like, that's that's it. That's it. That's it. It's not like, oh, my God, I got this and I'm so happy. And I'm like, no, no, we're not, we're not hinging our feelings of self-worth, excitement, happiness on the thing. Those just come into your reality as a byproduct of the energy that you've been holding, this feeling of creativity and fun and lightness. And so when I'm able to remove the blockages that people have to experiencing that, which is always a mental story or some sort of old psychological memory that's stored, right? Then you just experience the joy that is your birthright. And then, mm-hmm. then you're just, you're just happy to be alive. And, and a lot of times what you want, it kind of like, you, you kind of don't even care about it anymore. i I always have clients who say, like, I don't even care about blah, blah, blah anymore. Well, I swear, I think it was in January of this year that I left you that voice note where I was like, I don't want to manifest anything. I don't think I want to manifest anything else anymore because I feel so connected to myself and so unconditional and I love myself so much that it literally doesn't matter what I have or it don't have. It doesn't matter. And There's nothing right now that I want that I feel... Um, like, I can't be complete until Like, I, I don't need it. anything. Yeah, like, I'm excited to create stuff. Of course. But I'm like... I'm already there. There's there's nothing 
that I need, there's nowhere I need to get to. But even with this podcast, right? I mean, there would have been a version of me that would have been so attached to this podcast and we need to, how long are we going to have it? And we need to oh, keep yeah. it going. Whereas the the podcast is is amazing. But what I'm really getting out of it is connection with you, connection that with our listeners. Intention. That's the whole intention. So you take the podcast away. I can still connect with other people. I can still connect with you. And so... Really, it's it's led me to releasing and divorcing from needing pretty much anything. And anytime I do notice attachment, it's, it's so much more obvious now, whereas before yes. we were attached to everything. And so that's what attached freedom is. Everything. Oh, my God. Everything. So, and you get attached to being unattached. Yeah. Oh, that's, that that's was, a thing, too. That was the sneaky one for me. That, yeah. was, that was this year. That was this summer. I was, yeah. like, I was like, I'm not going to be attached to anything. I'm just going to. And I was like, oh, my God, I got attached to that. Like, totally. It's it's so insane. But, um, you know, true freedom is not – this is actually very important. True freedom is not getting everything you want. Yes. That's still enslavement. That's yes. still needing that condition. Yes. True freedom is really just being completely free of needing anything, anything. Of needing anything. Like, that's freedom. Not like, oh, I got the money and now I'm free. Or like, oh, I finished this thing and now I'm free. And I, I keep seeing people who keep trying to like – get to the end of something so they can be free. And it's like, no, freedom is literally available to you right it's now. And it's the you. mental prison that is your mind that is yes. conditioning that has conditioned you to think that you need that in order to do it. And it's just, yeah, that was, that was a big one. That was a big one. That was a big one. Wow, we went off. This was so much fun. This was so good. I feel like I, I feel like I could talk about abundance and money. I mean, forever. Well, because manifestation is is really the, the process to abundance. And I had someone else recently on a podcast. Um, it was Nick who we're going to have mm. on as a guest, but he actually said he sees manifestation as the true quest for self-love. And it's so effing true because yes. when you actually figure out the energetics of manifestation, it is that. That's it. I, I joked with one of my, my cohorts recently. I was like, um, I tricked you into getting into this program telling you I was going to help you manifest, which I am, but psych, it's a course on Self-love. Although it, it is and it isn't, right? We don't actually talk about self-love, although that's part of it. But, it's but that's like, that's the result. That's the result. That's the, result. the result is love. And the result is acceptance. The result is peace. And then like from that place, because you're the magnet, so you would have to emanate that energy. That's how you get it all. You'll manifest but it all. The odd thing is that getting it all is not what you're at attached that point, to anymore. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. And that's the joke of this entire game. It's like because you realize you already have it all. Yes. So you don't yes. need to get an all outside yes. of you. Yes. And that's why, like, I and that's why I actually love hanging out with people who who are technically rich, right? Because they they are so abundant inside. Yeah. And I think that's what people are not seeing from the outside. They're like, oh, that person has a lot of stuff. They must be so happy. It's like, no. No, 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 no. That person is rep- that all the outward sort of things they acquired are representations of how effing connected they are to themselves. And like, mm. and that's why we see so many, you know. It's funny that we grew up thinking like, oh, like starving artists. Like that was like a trope we grew up yeah. with. But when you look at the creatives, they're the rich ones, right? right? The the musicians, the the film directors, you know, the playwrights or even the social media influencers. It's the ones who are connected to themselves and creating from a higher place that has these physical manifestations. Mm-hmm. But I love hanging out with those people because there is something – they are connected to something far more abundant than money yeah. like it, it's it's interesting meeting people who have so much money who are like oh mon- money like 
it's it's just a tool. Mm-hmm. And, and they love making money because they actually, a lot of these people love providing income to their staff. Yeah. Like, like that's such an abundant energy too. Like being yes. able to generate so much money that like, oh, I get to take care of this person and their family. 100%. And I feel, I see, I see that with you and your team. Yeah. Like you really want, it's not just like, oh, I want to make all this money so that I can like whatever, ball 100%. out, which was scarcity. Yes. It was, I want to be able to provide other people who I feel connected to to feel supported. Like yes. I want them to have abundance. And so that that is abundant. Wanting to create abundance for other people. And yeah, no, I love this conversation. We'll probably have a lot more of these. I feel like a this, lot of people hopefully will find it's helpful. Mm-hmm. If you did, let us know what your biggest takeaway was. We love getting your messages. So keep them coming. Yeah. I feel like we need to shout out a couple people. So We do. Okay, so, oh my gosh, there's so many. So for Becoming Jude... Oh my God, Jude. Jude, we, we love, love you. you. Gotta um, shout you out. There's so many people though. I don't even... Um, Seppi, she's someone that always oh. messages us. Love you, Seppi. Um, so we honestly talk about you guys. When you message us... Um, we screenshot on. pretty much immediately <laughs> and we talk about We're it. We're like, oh, like they message us again. So we we really feel your energy and it really helps us to continue creating this content. Um, yeah, deepening our connection to ourselves. We, we want it to support you on your journey. That was the whole intention behind this podcast was for you to tune in and feel not alone. Like, oh my God, they, they're going through it too. And to, to walk away with just one additional nugget. Yes. Um, but it's been our joy. We, we love being here. And uh, we have so many things coming up for this year. So like, I don't things. even know if we should get into announcing any of the things. But I don't know. I don't know either. But we've got a lot of ideas. But we really want to hear from you. What do you want? So, you know, we, we can do... What would be cool? Yes. What would yeah. be cool? Let's ideate. Let's get some inspiration. That is abundance. Let's talk about, you know, all the different opportunities that we could do to engage with you guys, um, whether that be live Zooms or live events in person person, retreats. What do you want? And what do you want us to talk about? So if you like the pod, leave us a review. Don't be that person who puts a one star though. Please do. <laughs> Please don't do that. If you don't like it, then just move on. <laughs> but um, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said earlier, we are planning so many events. They're going to be online and in person. And yes. so we want to connect with you. Although I love connecting with Gina. Yeah, you know, it's nice to switch it up every once in a while. It's nice Get some to new faces in here. Include people in our in our vortex of friendship yes. and love. Yes, and that's why so. the retreat was so special. So special, being able to, yeah, I mean, connect with those people and just bring them into our circle. Yeah, and um, we care so deeply about people, and really, that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do this just to hear each other talk. We already did that for three years. <laughs> yeah. This is really to help other people grow and, frankly, spiral higher. And so we want to meet, build community, build community. Honestly, community is everything. It's everything. Then the connection, because I think what was really common at the retreat was everyone was saying how they wanted more people like each other to talk to in their real life. And so if we can create a platform where all of you can connect and and know that we have like-minded people in this community, I think it'll be a really, really beautiful gift. So we can't wait to meet you all. I know. So exciting. So continue, continue spiraling with us. And once again, leave us a review if you like this and we will catch you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. Here's to spiraling higher.